listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. Soul Searching is a journey where I engage with an array of thinkers from faith leaders to academics to artists to explore deep questions of meaning, questions that all of us ask at some point in our lives, such as why are we here? What is right and wrong? Is there good and evil? Is truth relative or absolute? Is there life after death? And to help us in our journey this evening, we're very honored to welcome back to our show Rabbi Stanley Davids and to welcome to our show Dr. Leah Hockman. Um, even as Stan David served as a congregational rabbi for 50 years, he was heavily involved in top leadership positions within international Zionist circles, uh, a commitment which led Stan and his wife to make Aliyah and then to expand his activities to become a sought-after teacher and lecturer and author. And Dr. Leah Hockman is originally from Seattle and has been teaching Jewish thought at Hebrew Union College in Los Angeles for 15 years after holding a joint position in Jewish studies and religion at the University of Florida and spending significant time in Berlin and Germany. And together they have edited a wonderful book called Reforming Judaism, Moments of Disruption in Jewish Thought. So Rabbi Davids and Dr. Hockman, welcome to our show. Thank you. Hi, good to be with you again. So um, let's start with, um, I mean, I, I really enjoyed reading this book. Let's start with maybe, um, Dr. Hockman, maybe you can tell us a little about the book in terms of, like, what are its core questions? What do you think it's trying to achieve? Maybe you can start us off with that. Well, I appreciate you, um, your interest in the book and uh, the opportunity to talk about it. One of the main questions that we explore in the book, and we have a series of authors, some of whom are rabbis, some of whom are academics, many of whom are rabbi academics, is really the question of how we got to the place that we currently are. How did Judaism develop? How did people understand throughout history and throughout periods of history how to be Jewish, how to create Judaism, how to understand the disruptions in their life, in our lives, in the world, and how to make meaning out of really transformative moments, some of which were positive, many of which were negative. And, and I think underlying this, there are people who would say, well, how did we get here? Well, we passed down our tradition and we just kept it going. But that's not where you're coming from at all, is it? So maybe Rabbi Davids, what's the, what's the underlying message here about disruption? That this isn't one continuous. I mean, it is one continuous journey, but it's not one simplistic journey. W what do you mean by disruption here? Well, you know, the, my favorite example of disruption is not in the book. It's 755, the earthquake in Lisbon. Uh, th there is an example in which a natural force created a disruption which totally changed theology, philosophy, uh, by the way, and political science as well. Uh, it destroyed concepts of theodicy, challenging how people view God's uh, justice. It challenged the Catholic Church because so many churches were destroyed. And it challenged the foundations of what was then contemporary uh, philosophy. So you had Voltaire, you had Kant, you had others who wrote about that. And lo and behold, that disruption effectively birthed the Enlightenment. So inadvertently, 
things happen, and things happen, and the world shifts on its axis. My major concern was to help people see how we got here from there is so much not a straight line, and the future offers the same. Tighten your seatbelts. Disruptions are coming. Which, for a lot of people, I think especially since we've gone through COVID, which was such a profound disruption to our lives, an undoing of much that we assumed in terms of the way we interacted with people, a way of bringing about fear between one person and another in case they passed on something to us which could kill us. Um, this kind of disruption can be deeply unsettling. And the disruption that you mentioned just then about the earthquake in Lisbon is deeply unsettling. Is this a way of basically saying Judaism just rides through unsettling things? D Dr. Hockman, what, what's, can disruption be positive? Oh, I think disruption is always productive. And of course it can be positive. If we think about, so in, the, in our book, we have a, a series of authors who basically walk through Jewish history, beginning with biblical history, through rabbinic history, medieval and then modern. And, and now we have several people who are talking about contemporary disruptions. And I think one way to think about these transformative moments, we can think about them in our own lives, these major, major moments or major experiences that have changed the way that we've interacted with other people, changed the way we've thought about ourselves. If we think about that more on a sort of collective understanding, we often think of them the way that we periodize our own lives. If we, if we think about how we think about um, American history, for instance, many of us have learned American history or English history through wars, mm. right? So that's how we think of the epics, the epochs of um, contemporary history. And those are always negative. But if we were to think about periodizing American history for just as an example, or Jewish history as moments of inventions, how, how does an invention, how did a new process, a new way of articulating or thinking or identifying a challenge and then meeting that challenge, what did that do for how we thought of ourselves as a collective whole? And in terms of Judaism, one early example in the collection of essays that we have is how the prophets help the people who are early ancient Israelites really understand who they are as a nation. How do they come together as a people, this disparate group of people living in this geographical region who may not even speak the same dialects? How does a, a, a group of leaders, a group of thinkers, a group of poets, how do they create a national identity? And then how does that identity, that's a productive disruption, how does that identity help the people move forward as a whole when they interact or when they experience a disruption like Rabbi David's explained, a natural disaster or a military disaster? Mm. I guess one of my questions coming from this, maybe Rabbi David's, for, you can answer this maybe, the... The idea of faith communities, very often when life gets challenging, people retreat inside faith communities as a sign of, as a place of constancy, a, a consistency, a place of refuge from the change of the world outside us. But this isn't really the message of the book at all. It seems to me to be the exact opposite. Is this something that is an inherently Jewish thing 
to live with disruption uh, or is it a reform Jewish thing? Um, how do you see the the relationship with disruption? Is it Jewish? Is it reform Jewish? Where, where does it come for you? All right, I, I'm going to start off by saying none of the above. Okay, go on. <laughs> uh, it, it, it isn't uniquely Jewish. The challenge in any disruption, the challenge in any catastrophe, the challenge in any substantial change in the way the world is moving is not to become a victim to that change, but rather to accept responsibility, to accept understanding, as Dr. Hockman clearly pointed out, and then, if you will, to take the raw material of chaos and mm. build what has to come next. So uh, for me, for example, uh, in terms of Jewish history, though, of course, I do like the Lisbon earthquake, uh, in terms of Jewish history, uh, when the first temple was destroyed, the Babylonian exile, the, the Jews then began to return uh, to Canaan, Palestine, what it becomes. Uh, they had an enormous challenge because they couldn't bring with them the structure of society, of community that they had lived with before the exile. So instead of having a monarchical basis top-down, run by king, people just bring their sacrifices and go home. They came back to the land, and they had to discover a different form of communal identity, which we would then refer to as people or peoplehood. Mm. They were a nation, but no longer a country, because Jews lived at that point all over the known world. So that moment gave birth to the final editing of the Bible. Mm -hmm. That moment gave birth to the structures that would eventually lead to rabbinic Judaism and the rebuilding uh, of Jerusalem. That structure was totally essential if we're going to have Jews functioning in 2023. But it wasn't written that it had to go that way. We were destroyed. We were wiped out. The country, the, the monarchy over. What do we have that can bind us together in a relationship to God as a community of caring people? And that's what was initiated because of that disruption. I, I love the idea of not becoming a victim to change, but taking that raw material of chaos and building something from it. I guess that example that you quote is a very powerful example. Um, Dr. Hockman, do you have for you, as you reading through these, these really powerful chapters of all these differing disruptions throughout Jewish history, do you have, not a favorite, but do you have one that you think, well, this to me resonates as one of the most powerful or important disruptions in the history of Judaism? Such a good question. And I have a favorite way of thinking. I mean, one of the things that I love about these essays and the book as a whole is that it think, it, they require us to think about all these things that we have received, as you mentioned earlier, sort of as a straight line of history. But to think of them again as opportunities, as if they had been sort of forks in the road. We could have gone this way. We ended up going this way. What were the impetuses that required us or 
invited us to think of going this way instead of that way. So what what the favorite disruption that I have is actually a manner of thinking rather than an actual event. I am so I'm a modernist, so I love the modern period and the contemporary period, and I gravitate to the essays in the book that really speak to the modern conceptions of the creation of what will become liberal Judaisms, mm. the opportunities. But what I love are the ones that we didn't take, right? We had all these opportunities that we didn't take. We could have gone, um, we, we could have had equality between the genders, between the sexes much earlier in the 18th century, but it took us till the 21st century to really pull it off. And I think that those, the way of thinking about how to think about it, how to make meaning out of these different narratives um, is for me the, the, what I like the most. But if you pushed me and I had to choose one, then I would actually choose two because they're related to one another, um, and they would be the the disruption of the twenty first of the twentieth century that it comes in the form of Debbie Friedman, the song leader, who really wrestles with how to sing her faith, how to sing the song of Judaism, and the work that she did is so influential in all denominations across Jewish tradition, across Jewish experience, across the globe that her song leading, her folkness, is similar to the disruptions in regular music that we saw from Bob Dylan and John Baez. What Debbie Friedman does is in, intrinsically linked to the feminist movement and the way in which women really wrestle meaning for themselves within Judaism. And those also have reverberations across all denominations. You had asked earlier if this sort of thinking, this disruptive thinking is particularly Jewish. And I think there's a way to think about all of these things as part of the human condition, how we make meaning out of really disruptive moments. Um, in every tradition, we have that. What I love about Judaism is how powerfully the disruptive mo mo movements and moments are linked to one another throughout time. So I had written something about a 17th century German woman or German Yiddish-speaking woman named Gluckel, and she mm. begins her memoir with the story of her grandmother's experience. And I reread her in the pandemic and really resonated with her experience through 300 years later when I was thinking about my experience in the pandemic. And that to me is a particularly Jewish trait, is to link the stories and make meaning about them new and, and anew and anew. I, thank you. I love that. Um... And I love the correction that you've given me, you've both given me in terms of the way I frame that question and, and, and how you responded to that. We have to take a pause. Um, we'll be back after this break. You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Bash Shalom. My guests this evening, uh, Rabbi Stan Davids and Dr. Leah Hockman, um, editors of Reforming Judaism, Moments of Disruption in Jewish Thought. And we'll be back after this break.
You're listening to Soul Searching on KSFR with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom in Santa Fe. I've been talking this evening with Rabbi Stanley Davids and Dr. Leah Hockman, um, the co-editors of Reforming Judaism, Moments of Disruption in Jewish Thought. And before the break, we were talking about how it's possible not to become a victim to change, uh, how to make meaning from disruptive moments. And I guess before the break, I I mentioned the pandemic, and um, I think that was a for us a very profound moment of of disruption in terms of isolation. I think there have been other um, aspects of disruption in twenty first century life. I guess the question is really about today. Um, the Judaism of today is not a finished product. We're continually developing and growing and learning. And even I, one might say, even disruption in terms of availability of Jewish texts online for free um, that um, that anyone can have access to, which to me seems like such a profound disruption in Jewish thought, even to the point of what I often call Rabbi Google, where people um, are able to search for a Jewish answer, but it's not necessarily a Jewish answer that a rabbi or cantor or professor might provide. So I guess the, the question is, what is for the two of you, what might we expect of some of the outcomes of contemporary disruptions to be? And I think it's important to hear both of you on this because your experience of the present informs your understanding of of where you think Judaism is going from here. I've, I've shared some of mine. So maybe Rabbi David's first. What, what do you think we might expect of some of the outcomes of contemporary disruptions might be? Thank you, Neil. To back up just a second, disruptions can become productive, can become raw material for major uh, forward movement, but those disruptions require leaders who are willing to see reality and respond to it outside of their own narrow ideological communal structural biases. Mm. And sometimes, Dr. Hunkman was clear on this, sometimes we just miss the good opportunities because we can't break out of the shells in which we hide. So I'm going to say, for example, uh, the challenges that Judaism today confronts is a total reexamination of the question, what is it to be a 21st century Jew? Uh, that means, what is the role of peoplehood? What is the role of faith? How do we approach difference within our community and yet weave the differences together into a meaningful future. None of it is going to be automatic. It relies upon people rising to the challenge. I think Judaism has been, may I say, Neil, uniquely privileged mm. that we have not been locked into thousand-year-old structures as disruptions have occurred we have survived and flourished because individuals like a Moses Maimonides, like a Samuel Holdheim, you know, uh, Moses Mendelssohn, go on and on and on, were there to move the ball forward or kick it in a different direction. Right. Uh, 
We don't need, nor do our people abide by, many of the so-called denominational differences that separate us. We have to re-examine what is the intrinsic connection between who I am as a Jew living in Santa Monica today and the state of Israel. Mm. What is my identity connection? What is my investment in outcomes? And the answers will differ, and we look for the minds and the clarity and the leadership and the will of the people to move us into the next stage. Because, and this is bad news, if you're, you know, like looking for messianic answers, turn off right, now. Right. There is no guarantee, Neil, just because we have managed more than 3,000 years of successful response to disruption doesn't mean that we'll do it tomorrow. I, I, and that's the constant challenge. Right. I, there's a couple of things you said there that I want to come back to, but I, I definitely want to hear uh, Dr. Hockman's perspective as well of what do you think we might expect out of some of the outcomes of contemporary disruptions? What do you think they might be? I hate to, di- I hate to disagree with my co-editor, but I think I, you know, I, the 21st century has been so enormously disruptive in so many ways, in ways, you know, obviously ways that we couldn't even have um, considered. But just, the, just thinking about these last 23, 24 years, it's just a lot to take in. And I think, you know, I'm listening to the voice of my, my student, my former student, and now my teacher, Rabbi Nora Feinstein, she, she suggested that we think about um, opening dialogues with two important ideas. One is creativity and the other is compassion. And if we meet the challenges with creativity and compassion, then I think what we have is an opportunity to be flexible in ways that we need to be flexible, but also to have a core sense of our um, where, where we're anchored and what our identities are. So even as we watch other people explore their identities and their identities vis-a-vis our identities, if we meet with compassion and creativity, then what we have is a lot of opportunities not to feel like we are being concretized to be static, but rather to have an opportunity to be dynamic without losing our legacies and without losing our loyalties and also without losing what really what's the most important aspects, what's essential about who we are and how we believe and how we act in the world. You had said something earlier about um, basically Jewish rituals and the way that we, how we as individuals, how Judaism provides individual people opportunities to think about the transitions in their own lives. And I think rituals provide us mechanisms for big transitions, how to, how to think about or how to not think about, just how to do when we can't think about. And I like to just expand that in thinking about how we, the trans, how we have understood the transitions really of the last couple of decades and what's required of us as we meet the challenges that are coming forward, forward for us. So, for example, this podcast it's mm-hmm. amazing, right? What that does is it allows the expansion of an idea and the discussion of it, which is an ancient form of Jewish dialogue and Jewish intellectual and spiritual growth. And here we are doing it on the radio. 
Right, to, it's accessible to anybody. And that's a, a question about creativity, of thinking about a new form of, of old tricks. I really appreciate both your answers to this question. I, I guess my, my challenge for Rabbi Davids when you were talking about, and, and actually Dr. Hockman, you helped me enormously as you were saying that the challenge that Rabbi David said was that it needs leaders. And um, the question for me, that for me at the moment, I'm seeing the biggest disruption being this uh, contemporary disruption being this de total democratization of Jewish teaching in that um, anyone can start a podcast, anyone can start a website, anyone can say this is Jewish. And I, I see a challenge because for me, I think it's very important, the concept of smicha, for example, the concept of ordination, the concept of not anyone can be a member of clergy, not anyone not everyone can speak for Judaism. But if you go online, you find a lot of people who say, no, I can speak for, for Judaism. And I even had a colleague, uh, not local anymore, I even had a colleague from another faith in a, a faith meeting uh, actually turn around and say, I can speak for Judaism because I've studied it. So I guess for me, one of the big questions that comes from what I see as a, a current disruption is about the, I'm not how do leaders respond in some sense when a lot of people no longer care about leaders? What they care about is, is going online and asking a question and they'll find the answer that comes up first or they'll find the podcast that comes up first. Is that a disruption that risks undoing Judaism or renewing Judaism? Let me ask Rabbi Davids first because I'm playing off what you were saying in terms of needing leaders. And we've got about three minutes left. So, what are your thoughts on this in terms of the contemporary disruption? First, first of all, uh, I absolutely believe in the power of the people and the power of creativity, et cetera, et cetera. But I also believe in what is a, a fundamental aspect of Jewish mystical thought, that we live in a world, actually maybe a universe, in which sparks of the essence of truth exist everywhere often encrusted like stone around the spark. And what we are trying to do is release the sparks by love, by creativity, by study, by humane behavior, by civilized concern for others. The important thing is to remember that we not only are free to do our thing, but there is truth in our universe. There are experiences, human experiences, uh, natural experiences, which teach us, which can lead to a different path. We have to be attuned to nature, to literature, to philosophers, to our own hearts. When I speak about leaders, I am often speaking about intellectual leaders, people who with integrity will present to all of us possibilities for growth. I don't fear those people. What I fear is such a democratization that fails to preserve the core. I, I, this has been such a powerful conversation for me. I'd love to be able to talk to you both some more. For me, this book is 
um, not just affirming, but hopeful. It, to me, it looks forward and it says that we can, I guess, not become victims of current change. We can see, you know, the 21st century has been very difficult for very many of us. And um, that it, for me, your book provides hope for the future in riding out this disruption, using it to transform ourselves, our Judaism, our faith practice, and the world around us. So, so Rabbi Stanley Davids and Dr. Leah Hockman, thank you. Thank you so much for being on our show this evening. And I really hope that you'll be able to return again and talk more about this wonderful book. Thank you, Rabbi Leah. Great. It's great. great. So the book is Reforming Judaism, Moments of Disruption and Jewish Thought. I highly recommend it. And you've been listening to Soul Searching with Rabbi Neil Amswich from Temple Beth Shalom and from the Interfaith Leadership Alliance of Santa Fe. Until we return again in two weeks time, keep searching.